Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is Mortgage Lending Mastery. Get the knowledge you need from America's Mortgage Mentor. With more than 30 years of experience and over $1 billion in lifetime fundings, you'll learn to take your mortgage practice to new heights. Certified Mortgage Planner and CEO of KineticSparkConsulting.com. Here is Jennifer Duplessis. Hi, and welcome back to Mortgage Lending Mastery. I'm excited today because I have uh, Terry Ogburn with me. Um, he is the renowned owner and lead business coach for the um, for Ogburn's Business Solutions. And you know, so he and I were just sitting here chatting um, a few minutes. He's uh, owned several businesses and sold several businesses in his uh, career, and therefore has extensive knowledge around um, how to make a business very successful and, you know, probably to a certain extent preparing a, um, a succession plan for us, which uh, I know that's not what we're interested in looking at, but in case you are, that's that's good. Uh, he's, uh, some of his um, his uh, clients have been Radio Shack, AT&T Wireless, and Century 21 Real Estate, so he does know our world as well. Uh, so without further ado, Terry, welcome to Mortgage Lending Mastery. We're happy to have you. Well, thank you so much for having me, too. This is going to be fun. Yeah, we're going to have some fun. So, you know, as we were sitting here ch chatting, uh, you know, and, and for the listeners, uh, you know, I'm always looking for ways that we can improve ourselves in a variety of areas. And one of the things that you and I decided that we were going to talk about was uh, time management and um, some some subcategories to that about organizational skills, goal setting, and, uh, you know, preparing a business plan. And I, I can't wait to hear what you have to say about all of them. So why, before we get started with that, um, would you mind taking just two minutes or so and telling us about how you got to where you are now? Oh, sure. I'd be glad to, Jennifer. Um, it started really as uh, I got fired out of the car business. I was a successful car salesperson for the Chevrolet organization, and I wanted to move up, and they didn't want me to move up, and uh, so I quit and as a decided I could work on an air conditioner and so that's it so that's how I started um, and there was a lot of tough road roads ahead of me in this uh, jumping out there as a technician which I think most people uh, think because they're good at a technical aspect of work they should be able to run the business of, of that and I learned very quickly there's a lot more yeah. to it uh-huh had a lot of mentors and people that just kind of took me under their wing and helped me get my uh, air conditioning business going. And as you see on my paper, I uh, I started in 79, and then by 1983, I was nominated for Small Business uh, Man of the Year. 1984, I won Outstanding Young Business Man of the Year for the state of Florida, and then went on into helping uh, uh businesses, small businesses grow, got into franchising, took a company public from, from a uh, two-bedroom, two-bath condo on a kitchen table, five of us sitting around there. Two and a half years later, we had borrowed $5 million 
and our IPO went out. And when it went out, two and a half years later, it was $13 million that we cashed wow. in on. So, so yeah. that was a great experience going from zero. I mean, literally being moved to Miami, didn't know anything about Miami. There was the next thing, you know, I'm in Miami and uh, built this whole company. And of course, we expanded and grew. And then from there, um, um, just learned, you know, everything I learned, I started putting forth back into Radio Shack. Got Street 21 Corporate wanted me to come and do some turnaround stores for them. So my expertise has been basically going into a store that is failing um, and putting um, some life back into it and get it to get them to run again. So, um, so, so that's great because what if one of the loan officers who's listening um, or real estate agents or small business owners is listening and they're saying, I feel like I'm failing too. You know, I need a little spark in my business. So the timing is perfect for them. Uh, those that are doing very well, this is a way to avoid it, right? So what, what would you like to talk about in relation to um, the time management piece? Because I know that's a big uh, and by the way, if you're listening in, um, Terry's going to be offering one hour of complimentary coaching for you on time management. So what would you like to talk about as it relates to uh, the organizational skills, goal setting, and or business planning? Well, first of all, and we're talking about time management, uh, we, we must get rid of this myth of being able to uh, be good at time management. What we can be good at is managing our time and realizing that there's only 168 hours in a week and we all get the same amount. And how we use those hours is very important. Like with my uh, program that, that you just mentioned, there's a time management assessment that we go through. And at the end of it, it's never failed me yet that people are, will find that they uh, are losing about 20 to 25 hours every week, and they can't account for them. Now, I know we all have 24 o'clocks. We're busy. But until we understand that where we're losing our time, we can't, we can't gain time, if that makes sense to you. Yeah, so, and, you can't focus on it. Mm -hmm. Right. You can't focus so you on have where, to close, where it is. Yeah. So one of my uh, uh, parts to the, the uh, recipe is uh, being able to evaluate your day. So you have to close your day. You have to stop your day. You have to cut it, cut a line off and say, okay, um, I need to sit down for 30 minutes, evaluate what I did right, what I did wrong, what could I have done better, then organize my day for the, for the next day, the night before. And my little twist is I want you to put minutes onto those, those to-do lists that you make up the night before. So when you have a taster you, and you say, okay, it's going to be 30 minutes, We'll make it 45 minutes and give yourself a little extra time. And um, when you look at your to-do list at the end of the day, if you only have eight hours worth of time to devote to work tomorrow and you've got a 10-hour work day, then you have a decision to make, don't you? Yep, well, absolutely. So, so You're you not going to get decide. it all done, so let's realize it now. Yeah. And that way, if you carry it over, like most people do with their to-do list, they just keep these lists growing and growing and moving over and moving over. What happens is you start to mess with your subconscious, and your subconscious becomes overwhelmed with all the stuff that you keep piling on, and you, and you never seem to, the subconscious saying, well, you never seem to stop, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get sick, or I'm going to do this, or I'm going to, you know, just all kinds of junky things happen to us. 
Uh, so when we take a realistic approach at it, I'm sure you've gotten home or your listeners have come, gotten home from after a hard day's work. You come in and the kids want you to do something or the husband or the wife wants you to do something. You just say, look, honey, I am just too tired. I am, I'm really tired. I've had a very tiring day today. And then another person right. calls, your mom calls or your, your sister calls, and all of a sudden you get this whole barrel full of energy. And your family member looks at you and goes, well, wait a minute, I thought you were tired. See, you were never tired. You were really just stressed. And the right. stress comes from overloading our days with, with uh, unrealistic um, uh, expectations. So when you have to finish your list, then you decide, okay, I, I can delegate this off. I can del- and get my life back into some sort of norm, or even if I delegate it to another day. So those are just some of the little things that, that we should do to learn how to manage our time versus uh, being a good uh, time manager. So, yeah, and I think and that's, then, you know, it's a real key. It's simple, of course. But it's a real key difference in understanding um, that uh, maybe the overwhelm is coming from the fact that people put together a to-do list and like you say, they're not assigning time to it, um, but they're putting together a to-do list that, that is the equivalent of, let's say, 72 hours, and they're trying to get it done in that one day, and not the realization that, that's, that that is, you're, you're setting yourself up for failure in, in relation to time. And I think that's really key. I mean, it's a minor, minor twist, but boy, is it really you know, an, easy, an easy fix. A fairly easy. And we, Do you find it's easy, actually? Do you find that people kind of balk, balk, that, balk at that, or is it an easy fix? It's a simple fix, uh, Jennifer. Okay. It's, it's uh, simple. It's never yeah. easy. Okay? Right. The now habits you, are hard but, to, yeah. Yeah. I'll give you something real quick. Uh, two things real quick on this. When I was in the air conditioning business, um, we discovered that, that the wants and need of, needs of a customer are two different things. So their need was to have their air conditioner fixed. But you know what they wanted? They wanted me to service it on their time schedule. Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course. Right? That's fair, right? So, yeah. uh, so we, I would go to the technicians and i say, okay, guys, how do we make this work? They said, oh, sure, you can't do that. So what do you mean? So well, we may be on the job an hour, we may be on the job in two hours, we may be there three hours. We just don't know. So we can't we can't do it any other way. And I said, Well, there's gotta be a better way. <laughs> I it was just driving me crazy. So I took the power out of the technician and transferred that power to the dispatcher and they had to get permission to work on, on the machine. So they would be mm-hmm. dispatch I could dispatch somebody to your house within a two hour window. So you could somebody would be at your house from eight o'clock to ten o'clock. And that would, you know, narrow the window down. And then once we diagnosed the problem, we could understand how long it was going to take. And then we would ask you, uh, Jennifer, when would be the when would you like us to get this done for you? And you would say something. Most of the time, would be, Well, I need to get back to work now. Can you guys come back this afternoon? We go, Sure, we'd be glad to. Mm-hmm. So we balanced we balanced it between what the customers needed and what they really wanted. And then the other thing that uh, I've been in this in my coaching business now for eleven and a half years. You think about that, that's 11 and a half years at 52 weeks a year. Um, and how many times do you think that my schedule, my coaching schedule, had, that has been laid out 
for weeks in advance, how many times do you think I've been on schedule for that week during for coaching? Well, I imagine you are, but I'll bet the others aren't because I experience that in the coaching that I do as well. That's yeah, always it's never, never ever, yeah. 11 and a half years, I've never been on schedule. Yeah. They've, they've yeah, always, always something. It, it comes up. <laughs> right. So you, when you're in control of your time, what happens is when somebody does, need to reschedule you just look at what you have scheduled for the time they want to be in and move that it's kind of flip-flop it so if i was planning on tomorrow to work on accounts payable and that person wants that time slot then i just say okay well i'll work on accounts payable today in in place of that and kind of just i'm in control of my schedule right still get the work done yeah it's interesting because i use something called don't erase it replace it that's, you know, therein lies the issue is when people just take it off of their calendar and say, well, you know, I can't do it tomorrow or, you know, first first option, I can't do it tomorrow or that's when I was going to be doing this one thing, I'll just do that some other time. And, and it gets erased, not replaced. It doesn't get shifted around. Exactly. Good, good yeah. point. Yeah. yeah so. um, I hear I hear that a lot, too. Yeah. So, um, so let's let, you know, with, with pure, uh, transparency here, I asked you for an extra 15 minutes today, um, because my time was a little backwards. Um, and I asked you for, so what did you do in that time? Uh, Um, I've updated my calendar. I updated Uh my uh, calendar, uh, which caught my, um, journaling up because I journal, uh, after each call, so everything was been journaled up to this call right now. That was one thing. The other thing uh, that I did was I had gone to the did some errands and went to the bank and stuff. So I uh, was able to go back in, get my checkbooks uh, caught up to date, get my uh, P, uh, my performer caught up to date, and everything. All that all that little give you do five minute stuff. Those little chip shots are all done. Right. That's key. You know, it's a, it's absolutely key. Um, and I like, and I like that you shared that with us too, because that is, um, exactly what, what you're talking about is that when you have that empty space, it's so easy just to try to breathe and that's okay too. Cause sometimes we do need the re recharge. And sometimes when someone cancels, it's, it's, oh good. I can actually recharge for a minute. And I always feel that ma- that's making money too, because, um, you know, if you're going 100 miles an hour all day, but I like you showing, you know, that example. So how do you get organized with, with the recognition of this? I mean, how do you organize your calendar to ensure that the important things get done first and then everything else gets filled in? What, is a, what are some of the techniques that you use to organize your calendar? Um, and you probably heard this story before about the gallon jug and the rocks, right? The big rocks. Yes. Uh-huh. Well, yep. yep. Your big, you, the big rocks are your goals. So mm-hmm. we all have goals and that can be anything from, you know, getting a, a product, um, you know, completed. Like I'm working on a, on a book. I'm working on uh, several things, but it also could be getting a haircut. It could be going to the nail salon. It could be doing anything that's a goal that you, that's, you know, because some things like that, and I'm known speaking to more of a, a woman's audience, but those are a lot of things that uh, we want to do. So you put your goals in first. So you look at your week, 
and you, you plan, plan your week out. Uh, I don't believe that you should try to plan any more than a week and then chunk it down to a day. But put all your big rocks in first. And as the story goes, if you put your big rocks into the gallon jug, you know, is, there, uh, is it full? And they'll say no, and then you can pour in the pebbles. And the pebbles are the you know, other things that are second important. And then you put the sand, and then you put the water. So, but the interesting thing is if you put the pebbles, the sand, and the water in the jar first, you'll never get your goals in. So yeah, there's no room. The, I, mm-hmm. Right, or, or it's a big mess if you do, right? You're trying yeah. to shove it in there, and water and sand is flying everywhere. So my secret is you put your big rocks in first, and that leaves a lot of white space on your – I use Google Calendar. Um, that leaves a lot of white space. So you just um, um, plug in stuff that – you know, like accounts payable, accounts receivable, um, prospecting. I know that, you know, your audience, uh, one of the things that they probably are not fond of is prospecting. I was in the air, in the real estate business. <laughs> no realtor or mortgage broker wants to prospect. So, right. um, so you got to block off your time for prospecting. You got to block off your time for um, you know, those important things that are going to put money on your table. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so let's move on to uh, the goal setting and business um, planning. And you and I had spoken about this just briefly. I think that um, if I can see, be as bold, it's so bold to say this to, to the listeners, is that um, a lot of times what happens with lending is that we um, measure our success by numbers. And numbers only, and you know, to a certain extent, that's that's important. You know, making money is important, and having a roof over your head and all that good stuff. But I think that when you you create a business plan that is numbers driven, it's you know, I want to close 100 transactions this year. You don't want to help 100 families, um, and that's your goal. If if there's no passion behind it, I think that's why we have such a hard time. Um, putting a plan together for it, and actually acting on the plan. Um, so could you enlighten us about how you approach goal setting and business planning? Sure, be glad to. Um, first of all, the, uh, there's a big difference between a, a, um, sales, um, what I want to say here, my apologies, um, cash flow is not profit. Okay, so, and a lot, of, a lot of us think that if we're churning dollars, that we're making money, mm-hmm. and that may not be true whatsoever. Um, and so, it's not how much you make; it's how much you keep that is important. And I'm very proud to say that um, that I haven't paid um, income tax since 1986. Now, that doesn't wow. mean that I haven't filed my reports. It doesn't mean that I haven't done what I was supposed to do as far as staying legal with the IRS. What it does mean, though, is I've learned how to get my clients to pay my taxes. So that's part of the expense when we're, when we're dealing with, with a business. Um, just like if you took American Express or, or credit cards, that percentage that they charge you should be passed on to your, to your clients. It's not a cost of doing business. It's a, um, it's a part of the revenue that needs to be brought in. Uh, so that's, uh, that's one side of making uh, money. Um, wow. Okay. Yeah, it's, 
that's uh, that's huge because I, if I, you I'm, notice I'm not saying much because I'm thinking that's a that's a you know three hour podcast. There's probably more to that that we uh, that we can't address right now, right? Okay, and and I'll be glad to come on and and again if you want me to and and share that side of the business with you because performers are very imp- uh, you know instrumental in, in growing your business and it's steady growth. So you can get off this hamster wheel. Most of the people I meet in business they feel like they're on this hamster wheel and they get and then they get tired and they take a break, take a couple of breaths and they go get back on the wheel again. And so when you're doing goal setting, um, your goal should be uh, it should be backed by a, a why or a purpose. So oftentimes when I'm sitting with a client, the first thing I want to know is how much money they want to make. And so they'll tell me the number and they'll say, they'll say a hundred thousand. I'll say, okay, well, what if you made 95 and they would, they would come down until they get to their pain point and their pain is just say 60,000. Okay. Then we have to create the why between for the 40, because if you don't have a why you'll never make the 40. And that, right. so when I do right. goal setting, it starts out with an objective. So the objective obviously is what you, what you want. You know, it's a very important to have a desire. You got to have a want. Then you have to back it by a definiteness of purpose. Because you know, again, if you don't have the why, then the, the, the want doesn't mean anything. And then you have to have a, a result. So that, or, or an outcome. So you understand clearly what the outcome looks like when it's completed. So once you have those three components into your goal, then that those goals can be measured. And once we can measure them, then they, they tend to come to life more more frequently. Yeah. So when you just oh, put down true. something when you just put something down on paper say, Oh, yeah, I'd like to be um, you know, a scratch golfer. Well, I, I don't know if you play golf, but I think everybody playing golf would like to be a scratch golfer. But if you don't have a why behind it, you're never going to get the, you're going to get your score down low enough to do that. Right. We, so. so so how do we find the why? Because that's something that uh, a lot of people have a challenge with. You know, is it, um, I mean, I think, I think a lot of people just focus on the here and now. You know, I have the four walls and they have wants, right? Um, you know, have to keep up with the Joneses, that kind of thing, you know, imagery, all, all those. But the, that's all so superficial and so much right in front of your face. And, and what we're talking about here with purpose and what I call passion, right, and, and developing mm-hmm. a legacy is really a long-term goal. So how, what are some techniques that we can use to start identifying that? Some people may not feel that way. They may say, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what my purpose is. I, I know I like my job. I know I like helping people, but, you know, uh, I mean, if I can make a hundred grand, that's great. But if I don't, I guess that's okay too, because I don't really know how to identify what my purpose or passion is. Good. Good um, question and a good observation there. Um, and most people don't, uh, Jennifer, understand their purpose or their, their why. Um, but I can tell you that when you find your, your why or when you find your passion, it's when you engage in whatever it is you're doing and the day is over before you know it. You've reached joy. And that's what we're trying to find is what is what is joy in our in our life? I sat down with my ex-wife, um, this was years ago, and I said, okay, what is your idea of success? And she said, money. And I said, well, that's our problem then. 
And she said, what does that mean? And I said, well, my idea of success is happiness. And her response was, well, if you make if you make a million dollars, we'll be happy. And I said, no, if I make a million dollars, you'll want a million one. Yeah. So money money cannot be our driving force. Uh, now, I know it is for some people in the real estate business, and I, I met some really high producers that they are money-driven because of the status and the car. and the, But they do have a lifestyle yeah. that they want to keep up. So if that's the why, if that's what you enjoy going out to find uh, dining and, and enjoy travel and the luxury of all that, you enjoy all that, then it takes a, a lot, you know, it takes money to live that lifestyle. Um, mm-hmm. But again, it's, it's attaching. So even if you start out with small whites, okay, so let's say you wanted $10,000 over the, above the pain point. I'd say, okay, Jennifer, what are you going to do with the 10000 and you go, right. oh, I don't know. And I said, well, what you, would you like to pay off your credit card? That's the first oh, thing yeah. I thought of is someone would want to pay off, pay off bills. Yeah. So get a copy of your credit cards, get a big red marker and mark paid right across it and put a date on it and put that uh, picture in front of you and keep that picture in front of you in your office or, you know, wherever. And that will, that will turn your, the corner for you on the why. Now you have a reason to get out there and make those phone calls. You got a reason to to do what it is you have to do because you want to pay off the credit cards. You want to take the one of my clients wanted to take the his family to um, to a Minnesota Twins game. Now when I'm saying you're talking about family, it's, I'm not talking about just the three or four people in his family. He wanted to take his whole like 24 people and rent a box and then all get to watch the Minnesota Twins game from the box seats. Right. So all we all we right. did was figure out how much it was going to cost to do that, and then all he had to do was go to work because that that was his that he really wanted to do that for his family. Right. Yeah, and I like that concept of saying, you know, what's your why? What's the big thing way out there that you're trying to accomplish? And so, some people just can't see it now. So I like that that we have the well, and it's our plan, so we can do whatever we want, but. Uh, I like the ability to bring it closer so that it's more visible. It has more, um, it, it's more tangible, has more emotion, you know, out there is, is not visible, right? So you don't really see right. it. And, and so you don't have the emotion attached to it. Whereas if we bring something in closer, just the, you know, some, some mid or short term goal to try to achieve. And then eventually, hopefully that'll get to a point where, uh, people can see a bigger goal, you know, a, well, a bigger goal, like, and then reef, and then fi- backfill into that. The the way to do this, and from my perspective, is you work backwards. It's easier to work backwards than it is to work forwards. Absolutely. You're going forward. You have a lot of arcs. You have a lot of ups and downs. You know, because you're trying to face the unexpected, right? But when you start with a five year dream. That's what I get my clients to write a dream sheet five years from now. What is it? What is your perfect dream look like it's a movie you know cast me the characters mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. then we chunk it down to one year okay. and what do we got to get this year to get one step closer to our five-year goal and then we chunk that down to 90 days so my calendar year is only 90 days long mm-hmm. so i we have four years in in uh, in a year's time with me so we're only focused on a quarter at a time and in the quarter we get to rewrite 
uh, we get to rewrite our yearly goal and chunk it down to 90 days and get one step closer. And then we put priorities in place. You have to have the goal is to have a minimum of five priorities that you want to get done this quarter and that associates you moving closer to your plan. Yeah, you know, it sounds, um, that particular piece of it, the quarterly, sounds a lot like the 12 year, the 12 week year. Um, such a great book. And, um, you know, there's no reason why we can't get more done in a shorter period of time if we're just on that laser focused on the short term, the little sprints to get there. And, you know, it, it kind of reminds me of the rabbit, the, the tortoise and the hare. You know, I know that the tortoise won, but I do like that the rabbit stopped to eat, stopped to play, stopped to eat, oh, stopped yeah. to play, ran again, refreshed. You know, I think there's two sides to that story um, because the constant going can wear you down um, tremendously. I mean, it's terrible. <laughs> it can wear right. you down. We, we learned this in, uh, back in, we, we developed this uh, when I was in the travel industry. We de developed this 13-week concept. This was in the uh, late 80s, early 90s, because what we realized was that companies spend 30 to 40% of their sales effort is in the last quarter yeah. because they've been uh -huh, putting it off, exactly putting it, it off. Putting, so what we did was we took, and this was a system that I had been working on and then joined Unilog Travel. And so we put uh, these quarterly goals in place and so forth and so on. And do you know that we won most improved region back-to-back -back years? Now, that's hard to do. We were dead last. Now, when we wow. started the first year, we were 17 out of 17 regions. We were dead last. We were bankrupt region. And we took uh, Jim Beggins, who um, founder of Century 21 of Florida, master franchisor. He was he was sought after to to head up the Uniglobe travel region. He that's how he and I met. We put the system in place, and we used to say Jennifer that we could bring on two regions, and we would still be last because we were so wow. far down in the south. Right. Uh, we, we took my system, and once Jim understood how it worked, you know, it took us about a year to get the, the this 90-day thing working. So we got our most improved. Then we took the system, and we went around. We had 23 franchises in our region. So we went with two letters. He and I went around, and we said, okay, here's your two letters. One, you do it the way we want you to do it, or you can opt out, and you have no more franchise fees to pay. Six of our Six of those franchises decided to leave, leaving us with 17 franchises to work on. So we took the system, and we started implementing in each one of these um, franchisees, and by in, in adding more, at the end of the year we had we had acquired 58 franchises. Wow! Because because wow. in franchise you can't you can't make earnings claims, but what we could do is take them on validation meetings and take them to the stores that were were you know making money, doing what they were supposed to be doing, following the systems, doing what, and they could just sit there and talk for, you know, hours on how they just follow the system. That would all, they would say, just do what they tell you to do and you'll make money. And it's a very simple system, uh, but it does mean that you have to work your plan every day, every week. 
You, you make sure that all the people that work in your organization know exactly what they're supposed to be doing. Even like if you're mortgage brokers and real estate people, they don't have a team. They're just them. But there are all tasks that they need to identify that has to get done, and they have to allocate time to get those tasks done. Continuing ed or you know, taking the kids to soccer or whatever those are, you still have to have all of those things done um, you know, as an as a independent business owner. Right. Right, absolutely. So um, you were talking briefly about a, um, and, and I really love that whole concept. I mean, I'm working on that for 2018. I'm instituting the 12-week year um, starting January. So um, because there's just a lot of pieces I have to get pulled together. I actually have to find more things to do so that I can actually have a 12-week year. <laughs> um, that's kind of one of the fun things about it is that, wow, I can get a whole bunch, you know, in, in, one, in 12 weeks I can get a year's worth of things done. Let me look at my long-term goals and see if I can pull them forward and actually accomplish them. So it takes a little bit of time. But um, we were talking a little bit before uh, we uh, started recording about uh, real estate agents that you're um, coaching or have coached in the past, and I was wondering if you could just share a little bit about how how you kind of got this started with that person and maybe what our first step might be um, in trying to uh, get control. That's a horrible word, but get get uh, be able to manage our time so that we can be organized so that we can follow a plan and identify our passion and sort of get get everything out of the way so the white noise so that we can see clearly. Well, um, my advice to any realtors that are out there is the first thing would be stop working with buyers. Um, really? Because as a lender, we're going, no, don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine you would. Um, I'm not saying that that uh, you know from a from a mortgage standpoint. Of course, you you want to have agents. Um, but from the mortgage standpoint, I would be more inclined to be in uh, in tune with the real estate broker, so the broker feeds gets them fed all the time, not just working with individual. Because I ran a um, mortgage company and a title company in one of the Century 21 offices as well. Uh, we need to be proactive and, instead of being reactive, and especially in real estate. Um, where, um, where you can, by getting a listing, you know, by getting listings, you can have better control over your life. Uh, because if you go out and get the listing, somebody else is going to get the buyers for you. Now, when you, when you get the listing, you have an opportunity to make some, uh, money on the person that you are going to list your home for them. They can, they trust you to be their buyer's representative. And most of the time people are going to move within a 10 mile radius of where they, where they sold. Right. So when you're focused, so when you're focused on uh, providing services to the seller, they're going to become your buyer and that you're going to be able to provide them with their mortgage, uh, you know, companies or mortgage people that way as well. Um, the problem that I dated a, uh, a real estate agent that was a you know a buyer's agent, and I tell you what it was uh, it was the worst experience that I've ever had, uh, and that's probably not what again what you want to hear. But um, but my birthday was a Sunday, and we were scheduled to you know spend that time and spend that time. And she got a, a call at like ten o'clock in the morning, and I didn't see her for the rest of the day. Right. And, right. and so you have no life. You couldn't do that. Uh, the other thing that you, you, you want to do when you're dealing with uh, 
uh, commission only and things like that is um, what we did was we, we had farms. Well, we trained for them to have actual farms that they went out and became an expert in that neighborhood so that everybody, whether they wanted to buy or sell, they, they knew that you were the go-to person when it comes to, um, to this particular area. We focused on waterfront uh, properties being here in Florida. We focused on beachfront, waterfront-type properties. So we became experts in, in the beach arena. The other thing that we would do, too, is this is kind of going back to what we were talking about a few minutes ago as far as goal setting. If you want a new dress or a new outfit, new suit, go get the, put the suit on and get somebody to take a picture of you with it. Put it on your vision board. Create vision boards around everything you do. That will also contribute to your why because now you know why you're making those phone calls or why you're um, – you know, doing the things that you're doing because you have that suit you want or that whatever. Right, right. So as we're kind of winding down our time, you know, what are what are some, uh, what would you like to share with us? What would you like us to take away from hearing you talk about all of these um, different techniques and, and tips? Because I imagine people are writing lots of notes and there's a lot of things to implement. What would you start with first? I mean, how, how should we be um, taking the first step here? The first thing that I suggest to uh, any, any person I work with is you have to have a plan. You have to have some sort of plan, not, not a sales and marketing plan, but an actual plan um, that, that, that you can execute. You know, there's plenty of books out there. There's plenty of stuff to read. The important thing is to, when you're reading something, Read one chapter at a time so that you can implement that chapter before you go to the next chapter. Well, that's the same kind of thing when you're doing planning. There's, there's, um, there's all kinds of aspects of when you're looking at a business from the top down. So think about your business, Jennifer. So I'm sure there's a customer service uh, representative. Is some part of your world of customer service? Administrative uh-huh. assistant. Accounts payable, accounts receivable, um, marketing, uh, sales. You have to, if you were building this company from the top down, how many positions would it take to run this company of yours? Then, mm-hmm. then once you have all the, the organizational charts, so to uh, speak, filled out, then you've got to figure out the tasks that need to get done, and then those tasks, um, you know, like paying your bills, logging your receivables, whatever those, all those little gimme-do things and balancing the books and all that stuff. Well, all of those take time. So now when you plan your, your, your plan that week, you say, okay, well, this is when I got to go to the bank. This is when I got to do this and this. But you have, to me, you have to work backwards. So you start from where you, where you want to be and then you, you, run the line backwards to where you are, and then you put in, in my world, you would put in 13 checkpoints. So that means 13 weeks. And so now you embark okay. on your trip. Now you have a plan. You're going to buy, first week, I'm going to be here. Boom. Second week, I'm going to be here. Boom. Third week. And then each week when you get to that checkpoint, if you're off target, all you have to do is move your you know, compass a little bit to get yourself back on target. All you have to do is sit down and evaluate what did I do right, what did I do wrong, what I could I have done better. Make be honest with yourself. Look in the mirror. Call yourself out on the things that you that you wasted time on, and then realign your 
um, you know, your your direction. I um, asked this question the other day. I flew to Chicago, and so I asked one of my clients. I said, "How long do you think that plane? How how often do you think that plane was on course for for yeah. Chicago? Yeah. It's only on course eight percent of the time. But if we don't put course corrections every so often, we're going to be so far off of our target. It's it's uh, when we get there. And too much growth. Yeah, and it, well, it was funny before you enough. even said that. Yeah, before you even said that, I was thinking of that story. I, matter of fact, I just brought it up today in a, in a webinar that I was on. And, uh, you know, I think that's what I what really attracts me to, you know, the 12-week year and 13 weeks, you know, however you're looking at it, is that um, if we're not doing these check-ins, we can just find ourselves completely off course when it's too late. And that's a whole year flushed down the toilet, you know. And that's that's not good. I mean, you're you're not ever going to get anywhere. And then that that's when the people who love New Year's Eve celebrate and hate New Year's Day because they have to hit the reset button. And you know, we want to be able to build on one year after another after another. And if you drift too far, you can't build on it. You've got to start from scratch. And you all, um, so sorry. I think that's great. Yeah. And the other thing too, just camping onto that is most of the time, what happens is you give up. See, you, you, when you, you know, you and I've heard many people say, I built my business from the ground up. Okay. Mm -hmm. But do you realize that that that's only like 20% of the people who actually started a business and built their business from the ground up actually succeed? Where's the 80% of the people that started their business from the ground up and they, they're not busy telling you how they ran their business in the ground and took all the credit card debt and all this stuff and, you know, trash the world, but do you know that if you built your business from the top down, looking at it from the top down, that you have a better than a 90% success ratio? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And so and when it you takes write time a plan, and it takes vision, you know, it takes right. time to do things like that. And people don't want to take the time. They want to get immediate satisfaction and, you know, rather than stepping back and thinking through things much like I just suggested, is that I'm, I'm going to implement this, but not for a while. I have to think through it. I have to plan for it. Um, otherwise, if I implement it, it will fall apart most likely. Well, the, my suggestion to you is, of course, do it as quick as you can, but just um, first start with a primary aim. Okay, your, yeah. what would be your primary aim for at the end of this quarter? Who yeah. would you like to be? Okay. Now, one of the ways that I do this and this is good for your audience as well, is if you have a paper there, just draw a, a backwards L, uh -huh. okay, all right? Now, the tip of the L is where you are, and then up the right-hand side is where you want to be. So you can just draw a little mark somewhere up there on the top of it, and if you stayed right on the track of what you're doing, you're probably going to fall a little bit lower than where you'd like to be. So all we have to do is learn how to close that gap between where the trend is headed and how to move your move that scale up a little bit. Right. And it's right. usually just a 1% uh, effort a day. 1% effort yeah. a day gives you 5% more effort each week. That's correct. Yeah, that's 212 degrees, the simple truth. You know, the water yeah. water mm -hmm. is very hot at 211, and at 212 it boils. And it creates exactly. steam, and that co creates momentum. And, yeah, mm -hmm. excellent. Okay, so what would you like to leave us with today? Um, I know that you, you, uh, you had mentioned that you would like 
to offer our, and so is there a website um, that you can tell us about? And then, of course, you can uh, share with me, and then we'll, we'll make sure that that's in our notes um, okay. on what you'd like to do for the coaching. I mean, for um, an hour. The, there's no website. Uh, that is one. Okay. Uh, it's just straight my uh, email address, W-T-O-G-B-U-R-N at AOL.com. You just send me a um, just send me an email saying you'd like to take advantage of the time management module. We'll schedule a time through GoToMeeting, and we'll spend an hour together. And at the end of it, you will walk away with with products. It's not a sale. It's not a hype. It's you'll have tools to uh, to manage your time with. Um, so that's. That's Excellent. That. So uh, let me repeat that. It's W T as in Tom, O G as in goat, B as in boy, U R N as in nanny, at aol.com. And what a great gift! Thank you so much. And I hope I hope everyone takes you up on this too, because you know, uh, if we want professional development and growth, and we want to get better at what we're doing, we need to take advantage of what people are offering to us. And um, I appreciate that very much. Um, means a lot to me personally that you're willing to do that for for people that I'm trying to help as well so I thank you so much Terry for your time today um, it's been a pleasure and I, I always take a nugget out of everything and I definitely have taken a couple of nuggets today uh, one being uh, not just making a to-do list but putting some time around it to make sure that all of it can be done uh, during that day and um, you know pulling back my uh, some of my goals so that um, I have more passion and excitement for them so that I uh, you know will implement some of the things that I'm actually doing so I thank you so much for your time today and we look forward to hearing from everyone again on mortgage lending mastery please don't forget to uh, write a review for us, send me emails, send me any questions that you have. If there's a specific topic you'd like to have discussed, I'm open to uh, bringing people on to discuss those topics. So we'll see you next time on Mortgage Lending Mastery. And again, thank you, Terry, for joining us today. And thank you, Jennifer. It's been a pleasure. You're welcome. Take care. Thank you for listening to Mortgage Lending Mastery. If you liked what you heard, please drop by iTunes and leave a comment or rating. Get more free email updates transcripts, selling and education resources, and Jen's upcoming speaking events. Just visit our website at kineticsparkconsulting.com.